On episode three of the Chester Pride cast, we're going to be talking all things mental health. We'll be exploring our own personal experiences, mental well-being, and also the things that have worked for us. We've also got a very special guest in the studio with us today. Before we begin, we'd just like to say the following content may contain strong language and adult material that may not be suitable for all audiences, so your discretion is advised. Any views or advice expressed on this podcast are the views of Chester Pride cast and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Chester Pride. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Chester Pride cast, where today we'll be talking all things mental health. I'm Andrew, I'm in the driving seat this week and in, with me in the studio we have... Wesleying. <laughs> and I'm here as well, TJ. Back Hi. with no more demand. <laughs> exactly, no demand. <laughs> Carla. Diana. And Jason. Jason's back off holiday. Hope you had a lovely time. I've had a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the pictures online. You know all of them. <laughs> Trust me. Um, and this week we are joined in the studio by a very dear friend of mine and very special guest. We have Ian with us. Also, some of you may know them as Shagger. Hello, Ian. Hello. You're right. <laughs> a lot more shy when they're not Shagger. <laughs> so this week we are going to be speaking all things mental health. Very, very serious subject. Um, a very large subject as well, which yeah. many levels to it. Um, so I think this week might be a little bit more of a sombre episode, mm. but you know we'll take the journey together. As we'll all hold yeah. each other's hands. It's basically, it's going to be Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be group therapy basically. This week, I think maybe. we need that. Yeah. Um, now I know I'm happy to share a few of my own um, challenges that I face with mental health. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So people yeah. are happy to share their experiences and what they've been through. Ian is here because Ian has quite a lot of experience when it comes to helping support people um, through the counselling hub, yeah. isn't it? Mm, yeah. So Ian does some amazing work um, for people within the community and also our allies as well and people who just need that extra little bit of support. So um, Ian, do you want to quickly tell us a little bit about the sort of things that you do with the counselling hub and the sorts of the services that get offered? Yeah, we'll start off with a non-profit charity and we provide help for people. Um, it's unconditional help. Um, when you can't get referrals or you're waiting 12, 18 months to see a psychologist, counsellor or psychiatrist, mm. that's when people come to us. And it's usually word of mouth now because we've been bombarded with that many oh, patients. Yeah. But we don't actually call them patients, we call them friends. Oh, that's and a bit kind yeah, it sounds kind of, doesn't it? And it's... it's even though we have the qualifications and everything, we're quite unconventional um, when it comes to treating people and helping people. Yeah. Uh, we use, like, I use personally um, a buddy-buddy system where we get out, we walk, we talk, or we run, get the endorphins flowing. Nice. Exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving people purpose yeah. to wait, you know, to shake off what they're feeling in the morning, knowing... Got to meet top of Moldama, base of Snowden, or whatever, wow. whatever it is. Yeah, and that and it it gives people a drive to mm. you know to actually oh god I've got to do this now. Mm. Um, the other therapies are within the counselling hub. That's psychotherapy and counselling, advanced counselling, um, and there's no there's no judgment. Yeah, um, 
And that's basically what we do. It's uh, nice that you call them friends, because I think like when you use the word patient, straight away you're thinking, there's something wrong with me. And yeah, I need this help yeah. and stuff. But if you're saying friends, it's sort of like, you know what, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I just need a bit of help. So yeah, yeah just go into it. Yeah. They like the difference with you become familiar. Mm. Most of the people I work with, we get them on track and then they become mentors. And it's, it's like what we had in the military. It's a, called the buddy-buddy system where you have allies. Even if you're in the wrong or you've fallen off the wagon you've snorted a bit of coke, yeah. whatever it is, we don't judge. We mm. say, well, you know, and we're not there to do that. And that's that's a boundary that, you, you know, in normal psychology terms, mm. you have got to report or, mm. you know, yeah. and we, we don't do that, no. you know. And the network I've built with my gang of people, um, if one of our friends can't get hold of me or one of the other guys yeah they they've got this community now and it, yeah. it ranges from hard-ass military men to freshly gay come out the closet people yeah you know there's there's seems to be no boundaries um, and we found even the toughest of people relate with the youngest people from different walks of life mm. different cultures different sexualities and you find if you have something in common with another person, mm. all that BS drops. Yeah. And I suppose if you're going on this journey, it's not linear. So mm. you may relate to someone at one point of your journey, and then you may, you know, you go off on track, yeah. follow something else. You may need a different kind of care from somebody else on the team as well. The thing is, it's connecting. With yeah. people, mm-hmm. all the years of studying psychology and the degrees—it's mm-hmm. out the window. Mm-hmm. I speak in layman's terms. I haven't the vocabulary. I don't remember half the words or the terms when I was doing it. All my studying, yeah, and everything. I speak from experience. Yeah, use the base—the basis of psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, whatever it is. You use the basis of it, mm-hmm. but if you connect and speak in layman's terms, I don't mean effing and jeffing. No, and, yeah, you know, being crude or what have you. It's connecting with that individual and then introducing them to people that are like-minded, and everything else goes out the window. You have something in common. Mm-hmm. which is yeah, so. most of the time life-threatening and for I guess, some people. I guess it also comes down to, like you just said, the community. It also then highlights that, one, you're not on your own doing it. There's other people and, you know, other people like yourself that are going through it. Because um, I find, because I've had, I've had counselling and I've had one-to-one counselling, which then led into group counselling, and they are so very different. Um you know, there'll, there'll be things that I'll want to talk about personally to my counsellor that I can't talk to about the group and vice versa. So I think it is having that that balance, isn't it, of where you're I able to come out. I think one of the biggest, biggest problems, for, especially towards for, um, mental health things like that, is isolation. Um, and I think if you can bridge that gap, and like as you said, everything you just pointed to is towards getting over that sense mm. of isolation. Yeah. Um, I think you win half the battle. Then it's it's. I think it's that it's when people are isolated and they're suffering and they're going through problems. That's when it's it's a very dangerous area, and I think that's when you can lead and go even worse. But if you've got that communication and the feeling that you're not the only person dealing with this, you you know there's 
you're not the only person in the world that's got these problems and other people can relate to you, then I think really, you know, you're on the right path then towards recovery in mm. a lot of situations like so two things that I want to just touch on actually through this conversation, mm-hmm. whereas when you had your um, counselling, you had your one-to-one, then your group, was it sort of like in like a clinical setting or was it in like a community centre, the group stuff and how, yeah, so, so like did that add a slight barrier because it was sort of in a in an environment that you then associated with the therapy, whereas what you do Ian, like I said, with the walks and things like that, it, does it feel like the therapy becomes more organic, maybe because you're out in, you know, and it's you haven't got those other barriers around? Yeah, so you. I guess I guess from from my experience, they try and make it as comfortable as possible. Um, so it is like sofas, you know, and um, with my one to one, it was just in a blank room. You know, there was a chair I could just sit on, relax. If I if I didn't want to talk, that's fine too. And then in a group setting. I think because everyone's kind of guarded straight away. Yeah. I think then once you start like the therapy, you're all in the same kind of boat. Like, for example, we we did um, CBT um, and then led on to like yoga, and there was one guy that fell asleep snoring, and we all found that <laughs> so hilarious. So that sort was of, of yeah, you had like a then it made that sort of common thing. Yeah, you all exactly. Like the same sort of thing, and then I kind of want to touch on what you said as well, Jason, because. Look, we've all just actually come out of basically Armageddon, haven't we, with the dreaded Rona. Isolation is key there. So many people were forced into isolation and were forced into be alone. Um, I mean, are you are you feeling in the effects of like people's mental health sort of taking a much more of an accelerated sort of increase post COVID? It's no, not really. It's always been there. Okay, but there there isn't always the help. And as as you said, some people don't do the group thing. Yeah. Some people don't like one on one in a clinical environment. And I, in my experience, I found people would just people would just tell me what I needed to hear. But I can read that, and I know yeah. they're bullshit to me. Yeah, you know they. Yeah. So. We still have, we have the counselling and the therapy within the hub yeah. and our different centres. But what works for my crew yeah. and the people, you know, it works better. Mm. You know, and it's, as I say, it's not all psychology. It's not all, you know, filling, bamboozling people exactly. with perception and reality and all the different nonsense that you're told. It's about, you know, tomorrow will be a better day. It could be a worse day. But it's mm. helping people to start living again and realising depression isn't a long-term disease. Yeah, yeah. One, one point my partner made, because he's been going through a hard time, and he, he won't mind me saying about it, but it's everyone talking about it all of the time. He's, he's almost bored of it now, yeah. where everyone focuses it's on that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where you're saying we go and do things, it's, mm. it's taking them out of that mindset yeah. and needing to talk about it constantly because they know what's going on. And, you know, the person that they're with knows what's going on. It's taking them out of that that helps the therapy, is the basic therapy, really. But I think I think one of the big misdemeanors is is that we, we try to separate mental health and physical health. In my opinion, they're exactly the same. They're as oh, valid yeah. as each other. And I think what we get, there's a problem with labelling it mental health because a lot of people's ideal of what is mental is not real, not yeah. tangible. And to me, mental health mm. is 
you know, it, it can be a number of physical chemicals in the brain. There's all sorts going on. These are physical things. These are health problems. These are things that people can deal with and, and can actually, you know, through exercise, through things. It's surprising how such things, even as you're walking and things like that, if you can just do something that will create certain chemicals, it doesn't have to be dead on dealing with or mm. you know, talking about it, things like that, because quite often the person doesn't know why they feel the way they do. Yeah. They don't know why they're experiencing what they're experiencing, because a lot of the times it is to do with something, some form of chemical imbalance or some sort of something firing off wrong or something else. And these things have been built up through non-dual networks in the brain and things like that. I mean, that's my understanding of it. And I think the more that we actually deal with it by um, sort of like recognising that there's not a separation between mental and physical health. It's health. Well, that's just it. Yeah. That's like, what we need to do. If, you're, if you've got a broken leg, yeah. you're not just going to ignore that, are you? Exactly. Yeah. So it's just the same. If you've got an imbalance of chemicals in your brain yeah. and you need them medicated just like any other kind of illness in your body, yeah. why is that any different to... Because it is still a physical... It's, physical. it's still physical. So. Yeah, after so long, the medication becomes a placebo. Yes. That's yeah. It. Yeah. it stops working. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of stigma as well of going on to antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications. Exactly. There's yeah. these labels that come with it so much. And, you know, it, it does potentially become a placebo effect, but also it's then because it becomes... Oh, I, I can't come off this. If I come off this... You become reliant on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. on it. But, it comes and, who you are then. And I'll be honest with you, medication works in conjunction with something as well. Yeah. If there's quite a harmony, I believe, between the two. So, yes, we can meditate and um, medicate and also meditate. Yes, Having exactly. that balance yeah. between the two. Uh, pull back that well. Really? Is it that was seamless? Someone gave me advice um, many years ago when I was having a bit of anxiety and I was suffering from, from some depression and also stress as well, all, all in a big ball, um, they basically turned around and said that mental health and emotional imbalancing and um, depression can sometimes be a bit like a cold. It's like Imagine it's like an emotional cold almost. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably get a cold every year, okay? And you deal with it. And you get over it. And you get over it. That doesn't mean that you're never going to get a cold ever again in your life, yeah, okay? Exactly. You may get two the year after, and that's okay. It's that sort of, you know... And for me, that's always resonated with me because it's a case of, oh, I'm fixed. Actually, no, I'm good at the moment. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it won't be in the future, but I'm not going to... You don't worry and panic about getting a cold every year. But I think you, there's, ways of, uh, there's ways of building up, just like it is with the, the physical body. Uh, there's ways of building up your immunity. There's ways of making yourself stronger. And I think a lot of it is, mm. um, again, through doing something, doing an activity. I mean, when I've talked about, I'm a holistic therapist, when um, I've like dealt with people and I've actually said, look, you need to change your, you need to look at yourself as a whole, your life, the people that you're dealing with, the people that you're allowing into your life. Um, you know, it's, it's never just one area. There's always some other factors on the outside. And I think the thing is, is again, it's, it's all moving, linking everything together in the health and, and dealing with it as, as, as a whole. If you can get the person to increase their endorphins in their brain naturally, if you can get them to put, you know, exercise does this, if you can get them to find a meaning and a purpose mm -hmm. by doing something. I think a lot of the problem as well is the fact that people sit and think about it. Mm. And people have mm. a lot of time. When we were just talking, yeah. weren't we, about um, social media and things like how we are bombarded by so much information and there's so much out there and that creates so much stresses in life mm. and things like that. Where at yeah, one time, sure. you, you weren't bombarded by that. You'd go out and you'd do something. 
Yeah. And you'd actually, mm. you know, I think people need to do more. But that's but that's societal shift. That's yes. the problem. So so much is now on social media, and you know, and it is that very much like a case of you know Everyone's that glam life that you see. Yeah. Everything's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Roses around the door. We don't know what's going on when that door closes. Exactly. I mean, you know, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have you know? F- um, friends who, as you know, um, people are using the counselling hub. Um, who you might go on the first walk with them, and you don't really get anything out of them, and it takes a couple for them to to not more like drip feed, and then they start coming out themselves a little bit more. And do you find it's very much a sort of tailored therapy? It's it's all about that person and what that person needs at that time. It's tailored to the individual. Yeah. yeah. Um, I psychoanalyze, break down exactly what they need okay. and everything and then evaluate and see where we go from there. Each, everybody's different. Okay. Nobody's the same. You can't just say, right, Joe Bloggs is coming this morning. Mm. You, you, you can't. There's only so much you can do as well. Hypoth- you, yeah. you can't say exactly what's wrong. It could take six sessions. It could take 66 yeah. sessions. And I suppose of, a lot with medication as well, because this is kind of my experience with it and people I've known with it. It's very much a, a short-term fix. You need to get the therapy to kind of untangle the bigger problem so you can come off the medication. Am I wrong in saying, I mean, this is just me being a bit thick, but am I wrong in saying that, would you not say that that uh, medication has a tendency of dealing with the symptoms and not necessarily the cause, which can give them yeah. a, a, a hand up, give them a hand up and a help maybe, but quite often it's got to be looked at. Again, I'm saying I'm only looking at this from, from a holistic point of view. You've got to look at changing the whole person's sort of like lifestyle, everything, you, which which is, is, is where what you're doing comes in tremendously mm-hmm. because I think the fact that someone has actually taken the step to turn up... That's the first step. Yeah, to turn up to do a, yeah. a walk or to do, you know, but comes to even just turn up with everybody else. I think that is a massive hurdle that they've already accomplished. It's like taking a brick wall down. You take yeah. brick by brick, by bit by bit down to the base, yeah. the foundation. You know, that's where you usually find a cause. It's everything. Everything has a knock-on effect, regardless how significant or insignificant it is to other people. Yeah, and and then to help people process and realize what's going on, why they're feeling the way they're feeling, is self-awareness. Yeah. Say, right, I'm, I'm feeling like this, you know, and... And that's half the battle as well. I disagree with having, like, a cold and everything. Okay, once, that's fine. That's once, open. Yeah, once somebody addresses, they can lapse mm, and they can, yeah. you know, fall off the wagon, whatever it is. But normally the support isn't there, you know, regardless what therapist or what doctor you go to, you are judged and you can see it in people's faces. Yeah. And I... If people know they can turn to an organisation, not just saying us, there's lots of organisations, but are going to condemn you and, you know, put you down or make you feel bad, you know, for having a drink yeah. when you're sobriety and everything else, you know, it's, it's understanding, you know, and knowing that nobody's going to have a go at me, mm. but they're there. And it's, you don't become like, their backbone or their rod or anything. No, yeah. But knowing you've got that support and through, as Jay says, Jason, 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 Jason,
does help the brain. It balances the, the chemicals out in the brain. The endorphins overrides, you know, the bad chemical, you know, the things that make you feel down and make you feel moody, angry or whatever it is, you know, feel good, like eating chocolate. Mm. Yeah. You it's know, not, it doesn't it? work yeah. for everybody. Yeah. You know. Well, just one, one, one comment that you made about judgment, like from when I, when I had my therapist, I went in with the assumption, you know, he's going to diagnose me, all this kind of stuff. And he said, just, just tell me how you're feeling, what's been going on. And it's almost like I felt prejudged and waiting for him to judge me. People don't want that. Mm. You no, don't want to hear they that. They don't, but you know, or you don't. he didn't. He just sat there and listened. And I'm all, I was sat on there, I'm just looking at him going, just say something to me, just say, just respond to what I'm saying. And he didn't. So it gave me a chance to speak more. And, you know, after the first session, you feel completely drained, mm. mostly dead inside. But then the more you do it, and you don't even have to do a therapist. You can just speak to a friend, a family member. If they're there willing to listen and listen to what you're saying, that's a lot of therapy in itself, I found, is speaking about it. That's why with my kind of issues that I've had in the past, I don't mind speaking about one because it breaks down stigma around these kind of issues. But two, it's almost continued therapy for me to be like, look, I've had this. I still kind of go through this, but I'm it's not a demon to me anymore. It's just part of something that I go through or I'm, I've got with me. But doing that's going to help somebody else out who's struggling to come to terms with it or say it to somebody just hearing that you're not so comfortable with it. Yeah. It might make somebody else think, you know, well, like, people yeah, might find that as a weakness, even yes. going to yeah. a therapist or yeah. a counsellor. Oh, certainly. You know, if you, you can disguise what you're doing mm. without... They know what they, they're coming for, but if you can disguise, oh, yeah. I'm going to start walking, I'm going to start running you know, couch to 5K type thing. Mm. You know, it, it changes a person's perception yeah. Yeah. on, you know, the weakness is empowered. Mm. You know, they're, they're taking control, but they're, they're not realising they're getting subliminal yeah, yeah. advice and messages that yeah. help them on their way. Because you're right that people see it as a weakness because, like, when I was having a tough time and I was on antidepressants, I got really emotional and upset with myself thinking, why do I need to take a tablet every day just to be normal? Yeah. And then I, that was making me worse because I was thinking, I shouldn't have to have this. Everyone else is normal. And then I was seeing it as a weakness because I think with medication, you think you have a problem and that it's something it wrong with you. Yeah, but it's, you're thinking it's your fault. There's something wrong with you that you need yeah. medicating to be normal. I think the thing is as well, I think that, the, the, the again, it's all down to this 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 factor of... Um, not looking at mental illness and things like that, like any other illness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's if and 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 to see saying that yes, there's something wrong with you, as I don't know, like the stigma attached to it. If, as you said before, you use the analogy of right. If I brought my leg, my leg is then weak. Mm. I have to wait for it to heal. What is wrong? We don't think anything wrong with that. No. So we have this idea that if we say, oh, I have a weakness. Mentally, mm. I am injured. Mentally, I am emotionally injured, or I've got something else that's mentally that's injured, or that has to be rebuilt. What is wrong with that? I think we need to change the stigma, the yeah. idea of saying that some, there's a weakness there, saying that there's an illness there, saying there's a problem there, and 
personalizing it and, and, and making it out like you said, making it out like it's my fault. You won't yeah. blame yourself. I mean, well, yeah, if you fell over, your own fault. You were drunk, you fell over, yeah. But, but you accept it more. And I think it's all down to acceptance. I think you've got to be more realistic and say, yes, right, fine. Yes, I have a problem. Mm. I have to deal with this problem, mm. but don't stigmatize it if that's the right word. Don't make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You learn, you, you're taking control. You take control as, you know, I don't call them specific illnesses, ADHD, this, it that, and the other. Is, yeah. You know, it's, it's a quirk. It's part of your personality. If you're miserable, you're a miserable so-and-so. If you're constantly happy, you, you know, there's different... If you're constantly happy, different. you're also miserable. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's... it's Could be everybody yeah. else miserable. <laughs> you know, you, you, can, you can break down everything, analyse everything, but everybody is different. Mm-hmm. You know, one minute I'm high as a kite, next minute I'm like, oh, But that's God. the thing as well. I, f- I find a lot of people will say, oh, I must have depression because I'm sad. No, no. it's okay to be in a certain mm-hmm. place yeah. at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Just like you're happy sometimes. You have levels. When we're all human, we all have these emotions. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, put yourself in a box like we've discussed before. <laughs> put yourself in a box to be like, oh, I must be depressed because I'm feeling sad at the moment. Liz, are you saying that life is like a roller coaster? <laughs> oh, God. No, but I agree, no, I agree with you on that. I, I think, oh, I don't know, it's... Obviously, it's like the rainbow. <laughs> no, it's it's multifaceted. There's, there's, it's not just one it's thing. Spectrum, yeah, it's a massive spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it leads into one of the questions that we've received from one of our listeners um, on the Curious Cat. Again, say it every time. It's all anonymous. We don't know who sent these in. Um, it was me. No, <laughs> you can just ask for help. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Andrew, have you got that with you? I do need. So we've had not so from anonymous. Uh, I'm currently taking duoloxetine for, for depression, and I have always struggled with my mental health. But recently, I found that I have zero motiv- motivation to do anything. Some days I don't want to leave the house, and I've gained a lot of weight over the last couple of years. I really want to start exercising, but it's difficult to get started. What tips do you have to get me motivated and stay motivated? Cool. So, Befriend be friend somebody. Mm. Mm. Somebody who, if, you, if they want to get themselves fit and lose weight, you know, do it with somebody, but make it enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you hate running, don't run. If you hate yeah. walking, yeah. Yeah, go exactly. swimming. If you don't want, if you're body dysmorphic, don't go swimming. You, yeah. you know, find something, you know, that you are happy to do, but you've got to have somebody to back you up with it yeah. and support you and encourage you. And you know, help you help you along with it. Well, it's like I had a conversation today with a um, person in work. How we were talking about New Year's resolutions, and she was like, well, "So, what's your resolution?" I was like, "I don't like a lot of people. They'll have a negative, almost a, a goal, certainly, but a negative um, goal, like lose a stone." Instantly, you're thinking, right, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Mm. Whereas if you say, I want to host a summer party this year, you know... That's so gay. It's having a, a positive goal that you yeah. want to yeah. achieve, yeah. not just, oh, I have to achieve this. I mean, what I used to do as a PT was... Um, 
I used to try what people the way to help people to motivate is what people have a tendency of doing is they just see their goal and say I've got to reach this goal no mm-hmm. the best thing for you to do is split it up the, the pathway towards this goal split it up into stepping stones mm-hmm. and then it only focus on the next stepping stone along the way towards your goal yeah. because it means then that you're achieving every single day it's not a massive big step that's far away in, in, the, in the distance and it helps to build up motivation to you till you eventually reach that, reach that final goal yeah. and you're not constantly have this on the for you know things massive, massive stone, yeah, the top of the mountain. Yeah. So for instance, like I said, we're walking. Probably, you probably you'll find something that can't walk all the way to the top of Mount Vatmai, but maybe able to walk to the first bench or walk to the next bit of wood or something like that. And I think if they do that and they, they feel I've accomplished something, that then builds up. I mean, I'm very much into neural programming things like that. Build, builds up neural networks in the brain that is is, is supporting that positive way of life and that positive attitude, which then slowly helps you towards achieving your goal. And I, I think that's what you need to do with a path, it's stepping stone technique, it's cool. Yeah. I was just going to say as well, because by the sounds of it, they sound quite uh, isolated. They're mm. not going out or anything like that. And just to even go out the house after being sat on your own is a massive step. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would say maybe find a friend who isn't going to bombard you with questions, but will just come to your place or you go to theirs and just sit there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't even have to have that's a conversation. Good. Just that's 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 contact me on Shagarada Facebook, and I will bore the liver out. <laughs> you will have unconditional help and support, and whatever you need to get you off your ass and get you doing what you want to mm. do. I'll nag the ass off you until you do. Yeah. You know that's you know that's an offer. So I mean, for, for myself, and I've mentioned it before, but um, so I play rugby. So I play rugby for the Chester Centurions. So it's shameless um, plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. I, I am going to shamelessly plug it because. Are you wearing uh, shorts tonight? Yeah. 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 <laughs> shorts and socks tonight, boys. Um, it helps my mental health. If I've had quite a stressful time at work, or I'm feeling quite you low. Get that on someone. Well, yeah, but also <laughs> there are so many people within our team that actually it has helped their mental health to no end. They're getting to play a sport that, you know, at school, I wasn't a very sporty person. I didn't go to a rugby school, so I was quite isolated because I didn't like football. I wasn't one of the lads, but I liked rugby. We got to play it for one term. We never did it again. So then 15 years later, I get to play rugby. And it is an inclusive team, so everybody's welcome. We have a touch team, so we, we, are, we, you know, we offer it out to men and a touch <laughs> team. Yeah. But, you know, it is available to, <laughs> to all genders, yeah. you know, and we do have people that say, oh, it's a bit rough for me. That's fine. We can offer you that, that touch side of it, but it's a team and we are a team. And then you create links and networks with people. I mean, I met my partner through it. I've made some absolutely amazing friends through it. And during COVID, each week when we would be trained on the Friday, we were having a Zoom call. We were doing quizzes, wine tasting, costume parties, and a lot of people living on their own. But that Friday, when they got chance to actually see the team again, was a lifeline for them. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to back and that motivation to say, oh, like there's been a couple of people that I've noticed haven't been at training. I'll drop them a message and be like, how are you? Are you all right? Will we see you, will we see you on Friday? Yeah. and that's the thing and it does build that so it is a shameless plug so if you want to try something new Chester Sensorians RUFC on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram it's a, it's a good way substitution to for escapism yeah and also for this person I'll be honest with you if you put a bit of weight on it's perfect for rugby in all fairness <laughs> I'm not as skinny as I used to was but I've got a place in that team because my large build actually works as well 
And there's no, it's it's for all shapes, all sizes. So you know, don't let that stop you. All sexualities. All sexualities. It is. And Genders. that's, yeah. I thought it was just gay rugby team. No, we're inclusive. <laughs> we're inclusive. You know we have heterosexuals on our team. What? Yes, we yes. No, we, we allow all, everybody in. But it has helped so many people. And yeah, a nice bunch of people. It's, it's, it's fun. So much fun. Do, well, do you not find... Sorry. No, go on. Just um, I'm going to say, obviously, because this is an LGBTQWXYZ, um... Plus. 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 <laughs> Sorry, don't forget the plus. Um, no, program, uh, for want of a better word. Um, is it possible, just before we obviously move on, is to bring up especially that I find that within the LGBTQ plus community um, that we actually deal... I mean, would you say, Ian, would you say that we actually... You find that uh, mental health is higher would you say it's a higher percentage because obviously we don't have the same support within even nowadays we don't have the same we don't have the same support in life yeah. or anything but there's there's a lot more now from when we were younger yeah. you know with gays and straights yeah. and then the bisexuals yeah. and they were on their own yeah, yeah. now and because mm-hmm. big up, big up. because <laughs> we you know we evolve 20 years ago being queer was like ugh We'll yeah. beat you up. We're disgusted by you. It's it's wrong. But then you, you know, it, it's been hard from my perspective yeah. to understand non-binary, gender fluid, mm. and all the little differences that make a person and their personality and what they are. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't understand that now. But learning to understand somebody's their, their perspective, where where they're at, yeah, and everything. That's what society needs to do now because exactly. everybody slags off. You know, yeah. I, I even make a joke when I'm doing shaggy. You know, the LGBT WXYZ oh plus <laughs> and everything. But drag queens and gay blokes and lesbians used to do that years ago. Yeah, to each other. I think isn't mm. You know, and we used to strive to not have this label, and that's that's why the older in the gay community is struggling to understand because we didn't want labels we yeah. wanted to be same classed as being normal the same as you mm. you know what what I do in my bedroom is nothing to do with you you know it's not a preference it's who I am I don't choose to be gay yeah I was born queer as Christmas yeah. and I love the fact I was going to say cock. You, say cock. Yeah. you just love cock. Following on from that, um, just some few stats for you when you mentioned about, you know, and obviously life experiences and challenges that present LGBTQ plus people. So Mental Health UK have a few stats that um, LG, LGBTQ um, plus people um, are one and a half times more likely to develop depression and anxiety disorders compared to the rest of the population. Wow. You know, and because people get ostracized and families turn on their kids because they're born the way they are and they they don't like the fact. You know, we've grown up with seeing straight people, television, everything's about straight people. And now when we say, oh, you know, oh, gays are on this and, you know, I don't want to know about transgenders, do one. Yeah, you know, mm. we've we've lived society. We've been force fed heterosexuality, a fake society. You know? This is not real like that behind closed doors. And I've I I own my sexuality. I own the fact that I like being a drag queen, and I own the fact that I am educated as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, but nobody, you know, 
that was force fed by my mum when I told her, come up the forces, oh, I'm gay. She goes, fabulous. You know, mm. you're unique, you, yeah. you know. And that wasn't a false sense of security, but that made me feel that I was slightly better. If you are straight, you don't have to prove you're straight. If you are, you are supported by a whole society, you are supported by a network and and uh, centuries and centuries of um, what's the word tradition and things like that. You are supported by that. If you are an LGBTQ plus person, you are immediately from the very first moment you start becoming aware of yourself, you are immediately forced to start questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. You are forced, I think in a positive way, it develops introspection, mm. it develops empathy, it develops awareness, but also in the negative, it can develop depression, it can develop isolation, it can develop you know, paranoia, it can develop all different things. But I think if you can win through that, and just as Ian just said, he owns it, and I put my hand up to you, mate, I totally agree with you, we own our sexuality because we have had to fight for it. So of all the common sexual identity groups, bisexual people are most frequently have mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, disorder. Bisexual people, people identify bisexual, are, have actually a higher um, percentage of um, mental health problems, including depression, anxiety disorder, self-harm, and also suicidal thoughts. I as think well. as well, because we mentioned it, was it last episode or the episode mm, before? I think it was the episode before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, even in the gay community, bisexuals are looked at badly because it's like pick a side yeah. or yeah. stuff like that and gay people and tend to pick on bisexuals and even in our own community it's education because you've, you've you've got like me and Jace mm. gay as gay gets mm. and then you've got the bisexual but there's 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 yeah. sort of like it sort of like fluctuates yeah. the, well, the needle doesn't that. stay on that emotions Attraction can change yeah. with your hormones and your pers- perspective on society mm. or the individual. Yeah, yeah. You, you well, I said on the first episode that I initially came out as bisexual, but I would call it a pendulum bisexual, where my attraction wouldn't just stay in the middle. I may be more attracted to females one time, then males. That mm. messed a lot with just not just me emotionally, but. Mentally as well. Mm. I'm going to say something now as well, which might get me into trouble, because obviously my husband's a, a Roman gypsy. Uh, in the travelling community, the sorry, in the travelling community, the suicide rate amongst males in the travelling community is horrendous. It's usually the young gay lads. Yeah, and it's usually the young gay lads yeah. because they are forced. It's like they're a hundred years behind in 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 the way that they deal with homosexuality and things like that. And I mean, when when he when he came out, we had death threats, and this was from family. Uh, we had death threats, everything. So th- th- that, that, I think that'd be a, a, a good thing to maybe talk about in the future or something like that. But it is horrendous. Here's a question from one of our listeners. Um, obviously, discuss amongst yourselves. But what would you consider the key differences then between a bad mental health day and depression, full blown depression? It's what depression. Oh gosh, it's hard. So you, you your mood, really it's, it's, hard. It's, it's, everything changes. It's it's the chemicals. Your moods change. Mm. You know, you can have a suicidal day. But that doesn't yeah. mean you have full-blown depression. Yeah, but you can have yeah. full-blown yeah. depression. Oh, it does if you get to that level. It does, something called the tunnel, where if you're hell-bent on taking your own life, it's usually premeditated, it's orchestrated, it's planned. And It's up to us, friends, community, therapists, whatever you want to call them, 
to see those little things, shifts in personalities and the changes. I don't know about you guys, but what really annoys me, if I'm to say something that upsets me, is someone to turn around and say, yeah, I know how you feel. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't know how I feel. <sighs> like, I feel how I feel. Just sit there and listen. Mm. Okay, this is my pain. This is why I'm upset. Don't pretend you know how I feel. Just Stop trying to relate. I totally sympathise with you, but I, I think... Ah, it that's the wrong problem. word. You sympathise. I know, I know, yeah. You empathise. Empathise, sorry. That's yeah. the difference. Empathise with the key. That's the key. People just want to relate to what you're going through. It's it's human nature. But I think you've got to realise as well, you're also asking a lot of other people around you. And I think that's a hard thing. Because... They're not trained psychologists. They've no, probably got their own. Yeah, you know, well, you are, aren't you? You're yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, trained. You yeah. No, no, he's trained. He's trained oh. psychologist, yeah. Oh. Another fact from Mental Health UK is, uh, and I was quite shocked at this because I think it's very high, um, 67% of trans people had experienced depression in the previous year and 46% of those people had had thoughts of ending their own life. Mm. That's, That's a massive hard. statistic. That's horrible. Because society isn't still, society doesn't care about trans. A lot of people look, you know, well, how can you just want to change your sexuality? They don't understand it. How can you change this, that and the other? They haven't got a clue. Mm. Talk, listen to somebody. Actually, Actually, listen to a trans person as well. Hear what our trans brothers and sisters are actually saying as to why they are feeling this way and what they need. I know, like, I think one of the reasons it will be so high um, is it is just really hard to come to terms with yourself as a trans person and to, like, get started on your journey of transition at the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I've been um, on the waiting list for three years now. What? And I've not heard anything of anyone. How old are you, you mind me asking? 23. Right. Um... And yeah, like, and, and it's just, it's just like radio silence. Um, and the waiting times are getting longer. Um, I remember, like, when I was um, a bit younger, when I sort of like first came to terms, um, that and accepted that I was like completely trans and stuff. I um, had, uh, especially because I hadn't like socially transitioned like in my like day-to-day life um i had really really bad dysphoria about just everything um and i think when like so dysphoria is the um or like specifically gender dysphoria because people have like body dysmorphia um but gender dysphoria is like um the incongruity sorry the incongruity between what physically you are when you look in the mirror and how you truly believe you should be. Um, And I I remember thinking to myself, like, when I was in a really, really dark place with dysphoria, um, like, I don't think I can live for another, you know, two, three years feeling like this. Because... There, there is literally nothing to do while you're waiting. There's no, like, you know... There's no workbook. No. <laughs> there's, there's no task set no. for you. It is just literally waiting. Yeah. Nothing worse than a waiting game, is there? Yeah. So would you have, like, advice for someone that might be going through the start of their transition? I would say, like, 
time passes so much faster than it you think it's going to. Um, like when when I first uh, got on like the waiting list and stuff. So like I'm three years in now. I remember like this. I really you know I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but you just distract yourself and do other things. Um, in terms of like your own transition, um, like I got all the legal stuff done, name changes, documents and everything. And it's a ball ache, but it can be fun as well. And like, in terms of like a social transition, which is things like your friend group and your like work and stuff, I especially enjoy going out and meeting new people who never even knew me before. I find like... I used to just go out all the time drinking because you've gone a night out, you meet people, mm. you're never going to see again. And then they just, however I presented to them in that night is that's how they're going to remember me forever. And I just felt I suppose, that really does, well, does, does it help if you meet someone fresh, fresh off the bat and they only know you oh, as yeah. Diana? Yeah, it's really nice for me to be around people that... But you're determined by a board of doctors. These are the ones that will, I'm not disrespecting any form or shape, the procedure that you have to go through, but they look at it, you're adolescent. You know, you could change your mind. We had one bad bit of press yeah. where somebody wanted to reverse. Yeah. And, and that's tainted. But that's what it's they look onto as well. Yeah. And that's, they just, just one case. Yeah, there's actually six cases, but one was made public. Yeah, and they they will splatter that all over the newspapers and like especially like right wing press and everything because that's the narrative that they're like pushing to like Undermine. push back against trans yeah. um, progression and trans rights and stuff. Um, it's like the fear mongering that they like pump into, um, you know, like. Uh, sort of like right wing uh, people when they're talking about like the family yeah. unit yeah. and stuff. They're saying like, um, you know, our children are destroying themselves and it's irreparable damage, and they they like they want to do it to like young kids and stuff. But really, it's not happening like that. Um, there aren't people in this country younger than 18 that get put on, um, like, permanent change hormones or anything like that. If anything, you can... I mean, like you were saying about the tribunal of people, whether they decide or whatever, um, you can get put on, uh, like, blockers, hormone blockers. But all that really does is freeze you in some ways for a period of time. You know, and, like... For people um, dealing with, like, really strong dysphoria, I know, like, um, I never, like, as a young child, I didn't experience this, but there are trans people that when they start going through puberty, like, there's trans people that will mutilate themselves yeah. because they can't bear that, that physically. This is, where, this is where the statistic comes from. Yeah, exactly. 13 to 21. You know, people aren't taking notice. People aren't seeing anything yeah. you have the voice with our community to make this change and make them listen so this is why message at pride yeah. on stage i said an attack on part of our community is attack on all of our community so, it's yeah. so more important more now than ever to stand with our trans brothers and sisters because 
we are one community and that is a thing and uh, Diana I've only known you as Diana and I think you're absolutely fucking phenomenal you are oh, so honestly we love you yes, yes. So you have a just, strong voice that I like you, you really speak so you remind me of Sinead of Corrie thank you your obsessive naming people of Corrie thank you ever so much for sharing that thank that was yeah. like Look. phenomenal so there is a service that I'm wearing called Sea Magic um, which do work over in um, Liverpool and also they are working with Chester Pride as well to um, support more of the trans community so Sea Magic I actually know the doctor who set that up she is amazing, trans woman herself, oh, brilliant. Oh, that's and very much is a massive advocate um, and is fighting for um, speeding up the referral process and the waiting list. So work is being done, but it's not being shouted about enough, no. and that's the thing. So, uh, last anonymous one. Hi, Chester Pridecast. Loving the podcast with everyone involved. A bit about me. I work in a high-demand job and have a high-demand life to match. What advice can you keep to help give to help keep me grounded and not fly away with the fairies? <laughs> I mean, we're all I fools. Mean, Welcome to my version of Atlantic. Yeah, what's wrong with is all I can say. <laughs> Fall flat on your arse and then try and build yourself up. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what, was the, what did you say? Bit, yeah. What was the question? So you said it to he, quickly. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> to apologize. Um, a bit about me. First of all, they said how great we are. Um, yeah, so a bit about me. I work in a high demand job and I have a high demand life to match. Okay. What advice can you give to help keep me grounded and not flying away with the fairies? What does that mean? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Okay, so grounded in what way? From my perspective, I have quite a busy job. I have quite a stressful job. Yeah, and then I do other things outside of my job. And I've struggled with anxiety, depression, and stress. Um, this past year, stress has sort of manifested itself in the fact that I have a little bull patch on the side of my head. So I have stress-related alopecia. Mm. So I've, had, I've done things to sort of, again, keep my balance. So I've pulled back on some things. I've given up a couple of things um, to try and get that balance back because, mm. yeah, it is a high-demand job that I do. I've had to make some adjustments. So... Yeah. I suppose my advice, looking at my personal experience, would be, again, find that balance. Okay, if you've got these many plates spinning, spinning. which one actually can you just put down for a little bit and pick back up? I'm, I'm studying, for, studying for my master's. I've taken a year out from that because, oh, of, because yeah. I needed it. Yeah. I just needed to regroup. And I've been supported through the university and through work to take yeah, you're one person. Exactly. <laughs> but it does partly feed back into the stigma because I'm like, I should be good and going at 100% every time. No, I've come to realise mm. that doesn't have to be the case. I, I think, and this is obviously from someone from the UK. I think the thing is, is one thing that we are blessed in in the UK is that we do have a safety net. There's quite a few safety nets for people to actually be able to take a, a slight break from things. Yeah. Um, what I would say for people in the UK, because I cannot say for different countries, because they're all we, we all have different uh, systems. But in the UK, um, if your job is causing you tremendous amount of stress that is creating uh, health problems, give it up, stop it. It's obviously not working for you, mm. or find something else. Do not feel emotionally blackmailed. Do not feel that you haven't got other options. I Fortunately, think a lot of in the UK, we have. A lot of workplaces are recognising this. They're getting better at it. They are getting better. Or if you've worked hard enough to get to where you are, fly with the fairies for a little bit. You'll you'll come back down to ground, you know. Like, um, in terms of that, I think definitely, like, give yourself space and understand your emotional bandwidth because 
if you don't, you're just going to burn out and you'll, like, come falling down. I think um, don't prioritise other people too much, especially if you do feel overwhelmed. Um, mm. Because I think if you take on their stress and then you add your stress on, that's that's not very good. And also, allow yourself to do things just because they're fun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So don't think, like, I have to do this, I have because to do this. Because it gets a certain goal. Um, or say, oh, I can only do this. I can only, I don't know, walk my dog for 20 minutes because then I have to get back to this. Try to fill those gaps with things that you actually enjoy because otherwise your day is just spent with other people's... It's gone like that, then, isn't it? You're you're living for other people and you're not living for yourself and I think that's what can get people down because they think, well, what have I done for myself today? And then that's when you can get yourself in a rut because you feel like people may depend on you too much and you don't want to let them down. But... Like Andrew said, try to delegate delegate responsibilities where you can um, and actually just open up to people and say, right, this is too much for me right now. I need a break for a little mm, bit yeah. and then I'll let you know when I'm back on track. Perfect. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. This person sounds educated enough to get so far yeah. and flying high. You need to be know. strong enough to say enough yeah, enough this is like, I need this break. time. And mm. I think with a high-demand job, being able to differentiate between work and not work and having that clear line of that is work, I go there from nine to five, that is that, and I don't take it home with me. Yeah, you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, if you're taking it home with yeah, you, then you're just going to build... I guess it can be up. difficult, though, in that sense. It depends yeah. what job Yeah, it, is. it, is. Yeah, it yeah. does. But you I'm need not, to have yeah. that clear line between Some your work life and your work life. Issues, what's going on, yeah. mm-hmm. they just carry on working and crash and burn. Yeah. I think the thing is, as well, especially, like obviously, I own my own businesses and... So being self-employed, you never don't work. As I'm joking, I once you know think, think oh, you've been on holiday three weeks. You've been on holiday. I've been on holiday. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I've literally worked every single day. From remotely, yeah, from dealing with accountants, dealing with you know orders, everything. So is this you? No, did you rent right to curious? I did, I did. But this is the thing. So I think that what I do, what I have a tendency of doing is, even if it's half an hour, I will actually say to myself, right, phone's off, this is off, this is off. Mm. I will make that time for me. Yeah. And you have to. (laughs) It needs a phone for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. (laughs) You spoiled that then by saying wank. You can say wank. You don't say wank. Yeah, you can say wank. We've got a disclaimer at the start. Say something No, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. You have, Wes, I believe you have, should we go for a final thought? Um, yeah, so this yeah. was actually sent into us. So it's it's around recovery. So re- they've said recovery is invaluable. Although the journey is long and kiss consists of many ups and downs, finding the inner strength and push forward and finding reasons to fight is so fulfilling. So I guess it it kind of accumulates everything that we've just been saying. It's kind of like, yeah, you've got the shit. You've got to deal with it, but try and put a spin on it to make it enjoyable. So not only is the recovery easier, but it's fun as well. And I think what you do on, on your walks in, it's, it is, it's merging those two kind of like exercise to release the endorphins, but also like, you know, unraveling a lot of info, you know, a lot of shit that they're going through. It's almost being done subliminally. And I think that is so, it is amazing what you do. 
I've got a congratulations. <laughs> so I think what we can take from what that person sent in from Curious Cat is that life is a roller coaster. Oh, oh, no. okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go now after that. So thank you, you so much for listening, and we will see you for episode four. Bye. Lean on people. Lean on people. Lean on me. Oh, no. Oh, no. not on you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you're struggling at the moment and feel you need that extra little bit of support and not sure where to turn to, Chester Pride offer the Just Ask service. All you need to do is email justask at chesterpride.co.uk or call 07718 066 684 and somebody will be there to help you. Don't forget you can reach out to us or send in your dilemmas via the email pridecast at chesterpride.co.uk. You can drop us a DM on Twitter at ch1pride or send us your message anonymously via our Curious Cat fund on Twitter. Chester Pridecast is produced by Studio 30,000.